Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Olay Speaks podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode 164. And if you want to listen to this episode as well as previous episodes, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we always appreciate a nice five-star review and a rating if you so please. So... Guys, we have games that mean something to talk about again. So let's bring in the crew here. Sam Lepressi. Hello, Sam. Pleasant surprises, Dan. Pleasant surprises, yes. Yes. We've got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Hey, yeah, we're back in business again for uh, the new season. So, you know, obviously we have uh, positive things to talk about. So I'm excited to, uh, yeah, to discuss uh, things that have happened. Right. We've got Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. Happy to be here. Happy to be talking about a new season and, and a season that I was really excited about with really no reason to be. But apparently, <laughs> you know, apparently there might be something here. We'll talk about it more. That's right. Well, with the return of the season is the return of the takeaways from the week that was, or I guess in this case, from a couple of hours ago. So, Sergio, since you were so excited for the season to begin, what was your takeaway from what we just watched in uh, Juventus' season opening win? Uh, my biggest takeaway is that, look, th- there's going to be a lot of uh, positives, I think, but let, let me start with 
a negative for a little change of pace. Uh, I I think that the defense was kind of shaky at times. I didn't I didn't really uh, like it a lot. It's for what the team seems like it's going to be playing, or for what they showed at least in that uh, incredible first half that I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit more detail. Uh, they they only have one natural center back playing in that three man back line, which is kind of. I mean, look, it's going to work against the Udinese's of the world, but even against Udinese, there were a couple moments, nothing too worrisome, but there were a couple moments in which uh, this team was a little bit out of sorts defensively. And look, like the way that they try to play, it sort of makes a lot of sense to have guys like Alexandro and Danilo there. Uh, but it is kind of like the only point of concern that that I came away with from the game. And, and it was kind of like... A, as we grinded through 45 minutes in the second half where really nothing happened, uh, I was kind of like the thing that that stuck in my mind as the, the only negative thing of, of the first game of the season for you. One natural center back in a back three. It's almost like we're talking about things from last season all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, what you got, sir? I got Andrea Cambiasso, Danny. Ah. Wow. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know if you remember... At some point last season, when my take, when I said my takeaway was a game that wasn't even a Juventus game, it was Cambiasso's performance during a Bologna a game where Bologna beat Inter, and he had been easily the best guy on the field that day. That was the day because I watched most of that match, and that was the day that I kind of said, "All right, I think we've got something with that kid," and I was really excited to start seeing him play more than I expected in preseason. Really excited to see him starting today. And man, what he did, you know, like I, I said this about him last week when we were doing our preview, but he just makes that left side on when we're attacking so much less predictable. You know, how how often would we see, you know, Philip Kostic last year just get to the byline and hit a cross when he's, you know, cutting in, he's interchanging with, with Gieza so well. The cross he put in for, for Rabio's goal was absolutely gorgeous. He even took a shot from the right-hand side at one point. You know, he, he's all over the place. He's got great energy. His technique is great. He's even really, and, and his defense was great too, I thought. He was uh, an absolute revelation. I think the best player that you've had on the field today. And he's one that needs to be allowed to settle into this role and and really make it because I think I, I think Juve really has something here with him. Sharks, last but not least, what you got, sir? Yeah, my takeaway uh, from the week is going to sound a little odd, but bear with me. Um, <laughs> it's uh, you know Pep Guardiola, are you watching? Because <laughs> no, 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 it's it's a joke and a, no, I mean semi joke. But the one thing uh, I re one tactical theme uh, from Guardiola that I remember uh, over the last year or two is his uh, well, first of all, his fascination for just tactical switches just for the sake of tactical switches like let's put a left back on like central midfield or something um but one of the interesting things that he did was the whole underlapping uh wing back thing or wing back slash fullback thing and the reason i mention that is because i to kind of piggyback off sam's uh praise for a uh, rightful praise for uh andrea cambiaso is that that was the one thing i noticed uh today 
that uh, Cambiaso was doing a lot, that underlapping uh, movement a lot throughout the game to the point where, I mean, at times he was in a central midfield position. Uh, like you said, Sam, he was at one point uh, taking a shot from the right, which is, again, because I think he just, you know, drifted centrally and then probably drifted a little too much there on that one particular occasion. But um, that was really the one thing that stood out to me, how much he was, uh, yeah, just moving kind of on an inside fullback or underlapping fullback or wingback, I should say, uh, position. And just, yeah, drifting centrally very much. And, I mean, clearly it worked. It, it was a very dynamic attack and very dynamic left side. And it also worked in the sense that his teammates were clearly, uh, clearly feeling it because... I mean, I don't remember the last time I saw this statistic so lopsided, but 54% of attacks, of Juve attacks, came from the left side, and compared to 22% only on the right side. I mean, that is like more than double, you know, the percentage of attacks coming from the left side compared to the right side. I mean, that is really, really lopsided, which was good. I mean, clearly, again, it worked. You know, compared to Udinese's attacks, which were almost evenly split, left middle and right it was 32 32 36 respectively so um yeah just that again that underlapping movement and just how lopsided our attack was and you know it it worked very well so you know well done yeah and i think it's it's interesting that uh juventus not so long ago as much as we talk about juventus finishing up last season in udine it's not so long ago that they also started a season in Udine, and we remember that they built a 2-0 lead much in the same kind of time frame as Juventus built a 2-0 lead in this game uh, on Sunday. And unfortunately, in that game, they blew said 2-0 lead and then uh, obviously had a, a potential game-winning goal by he who shall not be named uh, <laughs> wiped off, and we had the shirtless celebration and all, all that stuff before he graciously walked out the door. Not so graciously, but uh, Juventus seemed to just keep the foot on the gas in the first half. And I mean, that's if, you know, I, I don't obviously I haven't gotten into the takeaway stuff in the past when all you guys are here. But if if I were to mention my takeaway, oh, hell, I'll mention it as my takeaway. Uh -huh. Go on. It's, then. it's the fact that Juventus kept the foot on the gas. And obviously, Adrian Rabio's goal right before the halftime was kind of like a, a final nail in the coffin of sorts, even though Udinese was the much better team in the second half. But uh, yeah, I think it, I, that's the biggest thing for me is that it wasn't one nothing defend for eighty minutes. It wasn't one nothing and then two nothing thanks to a goal in like the eighty fifth minute. I mean, it was constant pressure for forty forty five minutes, and Juventus were by and large playing about as well as we've seen them play. I feel like that's probably what top five. 45 minute performance of Max Allegri 2.0. I mean, it it's hard to think of a time where Juventus scored two goals or even three goals in a game last year, an entire game, let alone one half. And here we are, like kind of like we were 12 months ago when they opened the season with a two-nothing win. Hey, there's a lot to be optimistic about, even though there was a second half that, as Sergio said, probably wasn't the greatest in the world. I mean, the second half you know, the team was kind of on cruise control. Kind of. <laughs> it should be noted that it was disastrously hot in all of Italy this past week. 
And that probably had a lot to do with it as well, because I, I assume guys were tiring, guys were, you know, feeling it a little bit. I think I, you know, you saw Danilo cramp up. You know, one of Wozniak's these players, we, you, you were making fun of this guy in the in the Slack chucks. One of Wozniak's players was cramping up before the hour mark. That's how hot it was out there. But I, I do think that that first half is just such a such a huge a huge deal right now because it it was not the passive team that we have been trained to expect over the the, the at Max Allegri's second tenure at this club. So many times. You know, as soon as he is, you know, not long after, as soon as we finished celebrating Giza's goal, I went to, I went to Legends today. I, I, I was able to have childcare and, and I went to Legends to see the game and I was talking to a buddy of mine. And as soon as we were done with, with the, with celebrating, I said, so now are we going to be spending for the next 88 minutes? And so I just, I was very pleasantly surprised when that was not the case. And we just kept on going and pressing, you know, pressing the crap out of guys in the, in the midfield and winning the ball far up the field and, and generally going after things as opposed to letting things come to us, which has just not been a thing for a lot of, of the last two years. So if, if that keeps going, then you can truly say we've got a different Juve here than we've had the last two games. And maybe we can, they can achieve some things that, that we maybe didn't think about at the, at first, but you know, it, it was, it was really, really good. Uh, and, and as, as, as wonky as the, the defense was, especially in the second half, you know, it should be noted that Beto, who is really one of the underrated strikers in Serie A, he played 74 minutes. He was held to 18 touches and did not register a shot. Yes, he, he, he had six key passes, but that the definition of that stat nowadays is literally a pass that leads to a shot. And pretty much all of those were th that he had were, you know, long shots that didn't really, that Chesney didn't really have to, to deal with anything. So as wonky as things sometimes look, they were also doing the job on one of the better strikers in the league. Yeah, I, th I think you, you mentioned a very key word in the sense of how how is this sustainable or is this, uh, you know, not just a flash in the pan, essentially. And and to me, I think two plays specifically tell me that th this this feels real. And I know it's it's just one game, but you know the the third goal with a with an assist from the. Uh, from the Udinese keeper who kind of like whiffed on that on that clearance attempt but that third goal of, of the half it was very very similar to me to some of the plays that we saw the team pull off against Real Madrid in the friendlies which was a lot of quick passing a lot of overlapping like Chuck said like it felt like a like something that they've been training and, and an identity I think that they've been developing offensively because we saw a relatively similar play in the second half in that goal that that is you know correctly disallowed by offside that would have been the the brace for Dusan Blahovic. Very similar play this time with Samuel Lillen Jr. They're just very very good at those overlapping runs. They're just finding spaces, and I think that's something that uh, and, and and again like like I was saying like I think it translated from the preseason and some of the things that we saw them do very well in the preseason. And I think last season the one thing that we you know, I think we all agreed that this team struggled with was to find that space, to find that creativity, to find those overlapping runs. 
it was just very stagnant at all times. It just felt like, you know, touching the ball, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And, and there was really no creativity. This time, I, th I think those two plays was, they were not only finding this space, but they, they knew where their teammate was going to be before they got there. And that to me translated very, very well from the preseason. And it, it feels markedly different to what we saw last season. I, I, I think a lot of that has to do with, with Sam's, uh, player of of the of the match uh Cambiaso, who I also agree had a fantastic game it had a lot to do with Chiesa kind of ostensibly playing as a second striker but also drifting out wide kind of like being very you know creatively free to do whatever he wanted out there it just it just felt like a different team like it didn't feel at all like the team that we were seeing last season even though the formation was the same even though a lot, a lot of the players were the same uh, it just felt like a completely different team, and it was it was extremely refreshing to see. I mean, it it really, really was. Danny was saying top five. I mean, I think top three halves that we've seen on their Max Allegri. Like it was, <laughs> there was really nothing to 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 fault them. The defense a little bit, but other than that, they did everything that they needed to do. And sure, they coasted the second half, but when you're winning three nil, coast away. Like it doesn't really matter. Like it's not the same coasting on a one nil lead than a three goal lead. Like it was, it was really, really encouraging. I really thought that that was a, a very, very good performance from a team that from the moment they stepped on the field, they, they looked like they had something to prove Federico Chiesa scoring within minutes. And then kind of like, you know, that celebration, you know, it, it felt to me like a, like a point of emphasis, like they were trying to prove something. And, and I think they, they did. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and of course, we, you guys have both mentioned the whole, uh, the second half performance, which indeed, you know, we all agree that was, uh, yeah, they coasted obviously a little too much, sometimes a little uncomfortably much. But to me, you know, it doesn't really bother me if indeed you've scored three goals in the first half. You've, you know, really put the game mostly to bed in just 45 minutes, which uh, is especially good given the uh, temperature and uh, just the playing conditions at the time. But yeah, you've basically put the game to, to bed in 45 minutes. I'm okay with then you coasting and giving the other team more possession and just more, uh, yeah, let them play and then capitalize mistakes. You know, you can play on a counterattack with the pace you've got through, you know, while well, Wea went off in the second half, but, you know, through the, the likes of Cambiasso, of course, and Ealing Jr. when he came on, and Chiesa, and fast players like that. Yeah, it doesn't bother me too much to give the opposition a bit more time and space on the ball. 
I guess the chances that we did give away were a little too dangerous for my liking um, in the second half. It was one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, if you have a, uh, I don't know, an Atalanta, they might, you know, they might score those. <laughs> but I mean, other than that, again, not nitpicking too much, it, you know, really, I have no real complaints about the performance. And also the the chances that we did give away, I just, again, most of the, some of them were a little bit too dangerous. But I mean, that said, I look at, again, at the stats on who scored and 67% of, of Udinese's shots were outside the box. So, you know, we were forcing them into like the most difficult chances possible. Uh, the ones that they did have in the box were a little, a little too dangerous, a little uncomfortable, of course. But thankfully, those weren't too frequent, really. I mean, I can only remember, you know, again, two or three that were like, OK, you know, that could have been a goal. But yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the stats and really on paper, there's not much Allegri or the team could have done better, really. I mean, I yeah, it's 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 amazing to have such a you know positive outlook on not just the players, but also Allegri. But yeah, no, I, I really, you know, and stats wise, I think tactically it was played out really very well and just like I said, I think last week and or the week before, I think it was the week before that, actually, you know, one of the, I guess, themes that I'm looking at this season is just how how effective we are in terms of converting our chances, because, you know, I generally expect throughout the course of the season um, that we, you know, won't have too many chances within games. We'll just, you know, play more on a counterattack, although who knows, I might be proven wrong, but you're, I'm really looking for that high conversion rate of the few chances we have. I'm looking to have them converted. And that was absolutely the case today. So, you know, it's again, I mean, on paper, I really there is really very little I can say that was not good. I mean, I, I, this was really by the book, textbook, efficient and well executed victory. So, uh, you know. Let's hope we can say that for the next 38 weeks or, or 38 <laughs> match days. That would just be absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I think Federico Chiesa's comments uh, after the game are, are some of the more interesting ones because you know, he's talking about how obviously great of a performance this was. And he goes, in the first half, we were particularly intense, attacking them high up, and that is what modern football is all about. We mustn't just you know essentially sit back and defend. We must push and press, which we showed today. And I think the pushing and the pressing, like I said earlier, is the biggest thing for me is that, you know, that's what allowed them to build the lead and obviously, you know, pretty much coast the entire second half. And that's something that, you know, basically referencing the last two years of this podcast, we have not seen much from Max Allegri before. So I don't know, obviously it's, it's TBD if this is something that is going to be a regular thing. I mean, who knows what it's going to be like when Juve face the likes of Milan and Inter and Napoli and, and that stuff. But for one day, at least, <laughs> we're talking about Max Allegri maybe kind of using modern tactics. I don't know. Sam is just sitting there in silence because his mind is blown, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's just, it, I, I just, I, I don't know about mind blown, but I, I've said this before. Max, Max didn't used to be the way he'd been the first two years of this of this second tenure he used to be a guy that would that was kind of on the edge of the edge of tactics and and coming up with really good stuff 
And if he's managed to to shake that kind of malaise where he was really he was really coaching scared, I think, ever since Cardiff, if he's managed to shake that, I think that's the best thing that could possibly happen in the context of this season. If we start seeing Allegri send this team out to win as opposed to not lose, which is really the way that he's had the team set up the last two years because this was like like you said Dan, this was a team that just went after it for 45 minutes and you've got young hungry guys in there you know Weyev was ready to prove himself Cambiaso definitely ready to prove himself Miretti probably was looking to say hey you can you can keep me here you don't have to send me out on loan I don't know how much he did you know if there's anybody that that was not necessarily great on the field today. It was probably Miretti, but, and that's before you get Nicolo Fagioli back full time. And if Paul Pogba ever manages to walk again, (laughs) but yeah, it's a big development. It's not something that I necessarily expected that Max was up for anymore, but if he proves me wrong, I will be happy to be wrong. Yeah, I, I think we can't underestimate because I think a lot of what we're seeing the, in this in this game, it was tactics and sure it looked like a very different team in terms of tactics and training, but just having a, a, a Federico Chiesa who looks like himself again, finally, like like he he was playing fearless. He was doing what, what he was doing a couple of years ago when he was, you know, when I think many of us uh, pointed at him as, as one of the, you know, next great players up. He, he looked like that again. You know, you, you get a Wea, like you get a Cambiaso, like you get that that speed, that agility. That it, it just looked like a, I think last year's team looked like an old team. Like just like it looked old all the time. Like it, it, it didn't look like a team that wanted things, like Sam said. This team just looks young, looks fast, looks agile, like it just looks very different. And I think to me, the, the biggest, biggest difference was was those two wing back positions with Wea and Cambiaso. And just having Chiesa look like himself again. I mean, that is, it's a cliche, I know, but it's almost like having him back is that big signing that we didn't do in the summer. Because it's like a new player. Like he's playing a new position. He's playing like a new player. And he immediately looked like a guy that is ready to take the league by storm. So I think just having those three guys back in, in, well, Chiesa back in the lineup, but having Chiesa and Wea inserted into that lineup it just made it look like a whole completely different team, and and I'm you know I'm incredibly excited to see what they do. If this is their first game, I cannot wait to see how they look. You know, in 10, 15 games, like mid mid season form, like you know, I, I don't want to be too optimistic or too enthusiastic, but if this is how You're they right. look right now, I mean, you you gotta imagine that they're only gonna get better. I mean, this is. It feels like a very, very good start for a team that had a lot of question marks coming into the season. It it feels like a, like the type of start they needed to kind of clear a lot of the the doubts and, and questions people had about them. Yeah, I, I can't remember which one of the Paramount announcers said it, uh, since I think they were using the world feed rather than one of their own guys. But uh, he, he was basically saying that whenever Chiesa got his feet on the ball during the fir- that first half blitz, it was essentially like a oh sh- kind of feeling for the Bologna or not the Bologna that's that's next weekend for the Udinese defenders because he totally just had them back on their heels and 
you look at even even the assist he had, or the, I guess technically the pre-assist that he had on the third goal, it's like he just draws all the you know th- what two three defenders with him essentially, and Andrea Cambiaso has all day to just put it on a platter for Adrian Rabio. So, I mean, when when you have Federico Chiesa playing like that, I mean, it doesn't matter if he's a striker or a winger, he's going to do damage, and we we saw him do plenty of damage on this on this day. And, and and I think from from a lineup perspective, we you know collect at least collectively I did like oh no it's Alexandra starting uh, and oh no it's Kiesa as a striker like the the dumb why is why is he doing that and then you looked at the team play and it's like oh it kind of makes sense because everyone's gonna shoot up field because you're gonna need someone uh, Alexandra was playing like in the midfield like in the wings yeah. like he way ahead on the field. So it makes more sense for him to be there than a, than a Federico Gatti, for example. Like Chiesa, well, he's nominally a second striker, but he's not really playing a second striker. He's kind of like a creative force all over. I feel like he played a lot in the wing too. So it's, uh, I, you know, not fully saying Max Allegri, he was right, but, you know, a lot of the things that we were kind of like questioning, you saw it on the field. And it's like, oh, it's not like he's crazy or sovereign or whatever. Like it made sense. Like, paper it maybe doesn't make sense but like you see it on the field it's like oh i gotta kind of see where this is going and it's it looks pretty good well based on his post-match com- comments he wants to stamp out he is a going out the out, going out that wide so maybe he is stop a it, little Max. stop it yeah at least he played illing jr out wide today instead of trying to trap him in midfield well but how are you gonna do that if not you, uh, Max talking to Max here. If you're listening, Max, um, regular listener, then, Max Allegri. Yeah, hey, that'll be a, a vote, uh, a vote of endorsement <laughs> there. But it, yeah, we're, we're, we're how he's brushing up on his English. Yeah, oh, yeah, he Max needs that. to the per, um, Premier League. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> but it's interesting that he says, you know, he wants to stop slash discourage uh, Kiesa from drifting too far out wide. Well, my question is, how are you going to do that then if, if someone like Cambiaso is going to be underlapping and going centrally so much? Because then you're just, there's nobody out on the wing then. If, if Cambiaso is coming inside, Piesa's staying inside, you know, then you have nobody on the left wing. Like, there's no width then. So um, I do wonder about that. But anyway, uh, who knows? I'm just uh, I'm just some guy on the internet, as a wise man once said. And, <laughs> um, and, and Daddy, you said one of the commentators made that uh comment was it was it the same one that said uh <laughs> i think he said something like the one that said uh oh there's max allegri taking a convincing sip of water yes, yes. <laughs> I, was like, I could just imagine that like that's, in a meeting that's how he always being, hold on bob i just got to take this convincing sip of water here <laughs> is, is, so is the unconvincing sip if he like dribbles some out of his mouth <laughs> yeah, just right right all over his suit jacket there you go that's unconvincing uh, I'm amazed that he managed to stay in that suit jacket for the entire game, given how freaking hot it was there. I, I have no idea how the player, I mean, I know they have to basically, because that is the way that the, the game is, but how, how they came out in, in just for the, the anthem in, in the, uh, in the jackets knowing that they had just yeah. came out, came off the field for warmups a few minutes earlier. I mean, Jesus, I mean, I don't, I don't know if Federico Case's hair was, was all wet because he put water in it or just because he was sweating so damn much. <laughs> Yeah, at the beginning of the game, I myself, is it raining? Like, because <laughs> there was like, like they were they were already drenched. It was, it, it was that was rough. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Any other uh, things you guys want to discuss before we uh, go to a couple of Twitter questions here to wrap things up, gentlemen? Hit me. Hit you. All Hit right. me with that funky beat. <laughs> All right. First question here from at select clay. <laughs> what is the primary reason the general Juventus fan base dislikes Weston McKinney? I'm personally happy he's staying bar- barring any late offers that are accepted and always appreciated his goal contributions. Does nobody else remember the goal against Barcelona a few years ago? That was a long time ago, man. Feels like a long time ago. Couple of coaches. I I, I do. I I think some of it has to do with general. I I don't mean to say it like this, but there is amongst Europeans that I know a general bias against American players. You mean like what we saw when Tim Weah was signed? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And you know, he's he is a guy that does need a specific role to really succeed and unfortunately with Allegri he wasn't put in that for a couple of years and you know he had his the, the his biggest success in the first half of of his first season here when when Pirlo was around and then he got hurt and that really sapped his effectiveness so it you know we haven't seen him playing right for a really long time in a Juventus shirt for a really long time so I get why he's why there's a little, there's some dissatisfaction with the way he's played, but at the same time, I don't think it's all his fault. And like you said in your post match this uh, this evening, Danny, if you've got him as kind of a jack of all trades backup, you know, jumping in the midfield here, jumping out to to replace Tim Weah there, wouldn't want him to be on the wing uh, playing as wing back for a extended period of time, no. but doing something like you did today that that's 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 fine with me so yeah he's he's a useful piece still uh i just i just think that it's a lot of you know a, a lot of people expect things that aren't in his game from him and and i think you just gotta you know accept the player as he is which is pretty dang good i mean if you watch any of the usmnt's games he's damn good he's he's been playing damn good at an international level I personally have nothing against McKinney, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, as a player, I think indeed he had his best time, like, you know, in that first season, then just before he got hurt. And then, you know, it was kind of up and down after that. I don't know. I mean, you know, I said, I think a week or two ago that I think he could still be a useful player. I wouldn't be too upset if, if he wasn't sold. I wouldn't be terribly upset if he was sold. So, I mean, I'm really quite ambivalent about him. I think at this point, he's just 
basically a utility utility player. You know, again, he's going to pop up and provide some backup on the right wing back position. Uh, he's going to provide some cover in a central midfield position. At this point, I think that's just what his role is. And I think, you know, again, every player, and, you know, not every player is going to be the star. Uh, he's just not going to be the star of the team, but that doesn't mean he can't be useful. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really understand it. Yeah, disproportionate hatred for him. Like Sam said, there's some kind of, you know, anti-US bias there. I think we've had way worse situations with players and players who have been way less useful on way higher salaries and just, you know, have contributed far less to the team. So I think it's really the least of our problems, uh, McKinney. Yeah, I agree in the sense that he he's a useful player that is good to have around. Uh, he seems like a good guy to have in the locker room too. I think a lot of people kind of took it against him that, you know, he had that very good season under Pirlo, but he never kind of took that next step. Like Chuck said, I mean, a lot of it was injuries. Uh, you know, a lot of it was lack of a, a cohesive game plan. You know, I think like the whole team really, I don't, I don't think it was just him, but I think, you know, because he came with that sort of, oh, young midfielder who can grow and he never quite grew enough. I think many people saw him as a, you know, kind of like as a failure or something like that. But but other than that, I think he's a very good guy to have around. Like you guys said, Swiss knife type of a player. Uh, many people also, I think, expect, I think a lot of us, I think ourselves included, expected that, you know, maybe he will do well in the Premier League and get a, a pretty penny back for, for Juventus. And when that didn't happen, uh, we kind of wrote him off. But uh, I have absolutely, like you guys said, like I have absolutely no problem with him staying. Uh, just, you know, he, he seems like a good enough player to have. And if he's being put in the positions that that he played, you know, in, in this game, which I thought he he did his job very well, like in the defensive phase, like going in the counter, he's very good at that and he did it well. So I think he's he's a very useful piece to have around and it feels like he's going to stick around. For me, I think that's that's good. Good news. Hey, he almost set up a goal, what, a minute after coming on? So... Not so bad. Uh, I know, obviously, he's not the probably a, a backup right wing back that we would we would like or is optimal. But I mean, every like Sam said, every now and then isn't the worst thing in the world. So, uh, next question here from at Lalo: uh, Keza as a winger or a little more central to Dusan? Yeah, that's going to be the question of the season, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. Yes, it is. I mean, his best qualities remain as a winger. Yes, but you know if if he can manage to adapt to this role and and kind of use his abilities as a winger to enhance this you know being used at this position, then that'll be fine. But he's still a a winger naturally, and he should stay there as much as possible. I think it's evidence of just his class and how great of a player he is that he has been able to adapt pretty well to a central position i mean still some way to go obviously but you know so far i mean pretty good so you know that's credit to him i think the main thing so to answer the question i think the main thing to me is you know not necessarily if chiesa centrally or if chiesa wide is more if allegri is flexible enough to use him wide in games where we need him more wide and then 
go centrally if we can, you know, if it's against an Udinese where it works. I think that's really the thing to me. Like Allegri just having the flexibility to use him in whichever position that where the situation calls for it. So yeah, I think that's uh I think that's just paying respect to Chiesa as well, because Chiesa has been flexible enough to adapt to a new position. So I think Allegri has to basically return the favor and then also be flexible enough with playing him, you know, one or the other position as the situation calls for it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree in, in that sense. And, you know, it, it really is going to depend how he continues to be playing, you know, as the season progresses. I think if he plays as sort of a creative player up front that kind of, you know, if, if he needs to go wide, he can go wide. If he needs to step to step back a little bit more, he can do that as well. Uh, a nominal striker, but not really, you know, playing as a, as an out and out striker. I think that's a position where, where he can actually be really successful. And especially if we still, if we continue to see the development of, of a cambiaso, if we continue to see kind of a lot of the things that we saw today, I, I see no reason why he can't be successful in, in his, in his current position. You know, I think, uh, Allegri mentioned after the game that, you know, he sees Kiesa as a guy that should score 14 to 16 goals a season, uh, which, I mean, that that sounds like a pretty good player. So I don't know if if that's the the absolute best of, of, of his skills. But, you know, considering the game he had today, in which is very, you could argue he was the best player on the field or the second best player on the field. Like he was one of the best players on the field. You know, maybe this thing has... As has some legs for sure, and and it helps a lot with Blahovic, which you know his his biggest issue last season was that he was consistently isolated. If he can play a little bit closer to him, I think it kind of solves a lot of the structural issues that, that this team had. Yeah, and I think like Paulo Dybala always kind of naturally drifted out wide some of the time, and obviously Chiesa being a a winger at heart, he's going to do the same thing as well. So it. I would think it's probably Chiesa trying to kind of find that happy medium. And obviously the way Juve are playing and how much possession they have will also kind of dictate dictate it as well. But if, if what we saw today is what we're going to see from Chiesa more often than not this season, then hell, it doesn't matter if he's playing alongside Vlaovic or playing out wide, then he's going to make things happen. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing. I think I said it last week as well. You know, all you need is Chiesa on the field basically causing havoc and hopefully good things are going to happen. And like we saw today, it took them less than two minutes to make good things happen. So, hey, hopefully more of that, right, guys? Yep. <laughs> All right. We'll wrap things up with this question here from at Emi Champaneri1. If Chiesa and Vlaovic both stay and click like they did in the first game of the season, do you think Juve are among the favorites for the Scudetto based on the fact they're playing one game a week? Um, uh, as long as we're doing overreaction... Yes, Monday. let's go for it. <laughs> I mean, we have one game of, of evidence and they looked as good as anybody. I mean, to, to be honest, like when you look at, at the games of all the contenders and we haven't seen Milan play, they play uh, tomorrow as of this recording. But yeah, they looked as good as anybody. I mean, they really did. And, you know, we talked about it earlier, a healthy fit. Chiesa is as good a player as you can get. You know, Blahovic, if he comes back to the level that he can be, hey, that's as, that's as good of a, you know, uh, offensive players that that any team has. So sure, if we're going to overreact to one game, why not? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, let's answer the question. I w I wouldn't go that far yet. 
on paper, yes, I think so. But I mean, in, in practice, it's just going to depend on if uh, if Allegri reverts to his old habits of, you know, just very negative style of play and, you know, just the complete lack of pro- proactive football. Uh, you know, if we play, I mean, yes, if we play proactive football and style of play that we played today, sure, I think possibly, but I'm not convinced that we've, you know, <laughs> that we've, uh, was it joined the, uh, joined uh, the other side now or, <laughs> i don't know we've converted or whatever analogy are you trying to say use. juve is going to go to the dark side with the modern tactics that federico gaze alluded to uh, hey i mean i don't think it's happening yet but if it happens hey well let's see <laughs> but uh, some patience if let's that's see. the dark side let's go take the cookies <laughs> cookies are delicious <laughs> all right well we'll wrap things up on the note of cookies because who doesn't like cookies? So uh, thank you guys for your Twitter questions. We always appreciate them. Uh, feel free to send them in at Juventus Nation on the Twitter machine or the X machine. It just sounds weird saying it the second way because, you know, it could mean other things. But anyways, uh, feel free to follow us there. Follow the Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN on X, Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, follow everybody there. Follow us on other social media platforms. Uh, whether it is Facebook or Instagram, follow us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a nice five-star rating and a review. So for Sam, for Chucks, for Sergio, and producer Couch, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys midweek in a couple of days previewing the Bologna match, even though I already mentioned Bologna. <laughs>